Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Can we just give one more round of applause for Jesus, shall we? Yeah. I just I just love him. I remember a life that was filled with shame, guilt and pain and Jesus took that all away. So I get a privilege to preach the word for you this morning. Turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So good to be with you. Gee, it feels like family already. I've done a, a lot of uh, ministry work in the Elevation Network. Even next Sunday, I'm up in Elevation Cairns with Pastors Luke and Nikki Nusifora. They're running a great work up there. Luke's also a part-time lecturer in our ministry college. So it's one of the hallmarks of our college. We have what we call pracademics, people who are live doing ministry most weeks, building something, knowing what they're talking about, who also have great academic skills. So that's something that there's one of the hallmarks of our college and uh, looks like we've got a learning hub setting up at the Gold Coast with Pastor Ross and Pastor Brad Whittington and we did a Holy Ghost night a couple of God, I don't know how long, some time ago at the Elevation Redlands, guys. So thanks for making me feel so welcome. We had a great time talking with people in the foyer just after the last message, people inquiring about the next step, getting me to pray for them. My pastor, my wife, Pastor Jeanne, she can't be here this morning. She normally travels with me. She is a clinical nurse and she works in an emergency department of our local hospitals. They've got some COVID stuff they're dealing with up there. So she, uh, she sends a love. She gets serious FOMO when I travel and she's not there. So I'll make sure I send some good social media. But everyone just loves her because it's like getting a warm hug from Jesus. So much so, like, I travel everywhere and, you know, a bit famous in some circles, but people say now, oh, if you can't come, just send her. <laughs> so so she, she's good for my ego, helps me more and more, more and more like Jesus. So, and thanks too to Pastor Miles and Pastor Ross for your great trust, your pulpit. This is, this is one of the great churches of Australia, the great Pentecostal Church of Australia, the Elevation Church Network. Your influence is expanding and God's using you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. So well done for selecting and being part of one of the great, great churches here in Australia. Tell you a couple of quick things about myself. I like fire. Come to that in a moment. I like English Premier League football, the EPL. My team is Tottenham Hotspur. I'm just fascinated by a league that goes for eight, or so nine to ten months of the year. It's one of the most gruelling leagues of the year of, of, in the world. Twenty teams, thirty-eight games. You have to have a very good, strong, deep team to do well in the English Premier League. And the third thing is, I love seeing people reach their full potential. That's why coaching, equipping for me is wonderful. And to see people take their next step and pursue the call and purposes of God, I tell you what, that gets me out of bed every, every day. In relation to the fire, I grew up in a, a camping program in our church called Raw Rangers. We were taught how to build fires properly. So you got three elements to a good fire. So you got a tinder, kindling, and then you got fuel. So tinder's not the dating app. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the paper, the leaves, that kind of stuff. And I was, at an, I was invited to an engagement party recently. There's a bunch of young adults around what they called was a bonfire. And all that was left was some sort of smouldering, ruins of this little flicker of, of whatever. And I'm thinking, don't they teach young people how to make fire anymore? So I sort of went to the side and I saw some prepared, some big logs and some big branches. I crisscrossed them over and literally in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, we had this raging fire because we all know that a good fire needs good fuel on it to keep going, don't we? 
Now back to the EPL. My favourite player is, is Harry Kane. I remember him as a 14, 15 year old boy. They said that he something good might come of him with some training and some development around him, their leadership academy. Literally, he's the EPL's top goal scorer two years in a row. He makes enough money each week that he could buy a new house every week if he wanted to. Now that guy is known as a leader of leaders because now not only is he scoring goals, but he's setting up the other team mayors with killer passes for them to share in the goal bounty. I just think that's amazing watching that progression of that magnificent athlete. The third one is I enjoy coaching and developing people. Like there's even one young guy who, in one of my first churches, I put this young guy on as a youth pastor. The guy just did my head in. He was undisciplined. Uh, he just caused me no end of trouble. I was apologising to parents most of the time. But God put something in my heart for him and says, you're going to make him into a great man of God. Your love and your direction will shape him into a great thing. So fast forward something like over 10, 10 15 years, he's now leading a large campus of a large network. And I think just recently they hit 1,250 people in attendance. I just love the thought that God wants to develop and grow things. And that's the way really that life is meant to be in, when, when you've got God involved. Here's the challenge though. Most things in life, if unattended or without any degree of intentionality, will always drift down. What happens to your life if you and your body if you don't do exercise? And entropy kicks in. Generally things die if they don't have any attention. But the God's way... God's purpose is for, it says, the way of the wise should always wind upward. God wants us to move to a place of maturity and lead to a place of wholeness. Now, when I gave my life to Christ at the age of seven, I gave my life to Christ, and then I made a young adult decision at the age of 19. I knew then that I, 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 I was started to be discipled and I began to get the Word of God in my life and I started to live obediently to His Word and I found my life began to flourish and it began to grow. I began to realise that this is a key principle in the Word of God, that God wants us to grow and He wants us to mature for the benefit of other people. So much so in my early discipleship days, I came up with this verse and hopefully you found your Bible now, 2 Corinthians 3.18. It's such a powerful verse. We're going to three, read three different versions here this morning. But this is what the NIV says. It says this, the Apostle Paul, the Grand Master, the big Papa Daddy of the New Testament, he says this, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Just a couple of aspects there, but you can see there one of the works is the work of Holy Spirit who lives God living with inside us, who not only gives us the desire to grow, the desire to become more like Jesus, but also gives us the energy and the power and the will to become like Jesus. I just think that's an amazing, an amazing way that God has set up the Christian life. Next version, the ESV says this, and we all with unveiled faces, it's almost like, with masks off. Isn't it going to be great to have a day with unveiled faces? No, no masks in the house of God. Yeah, just anyway. Beholding the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See that progression coming through? And he hit it through one of my favourite paraphrases, which is the message, and it says this. Look, all of this, all of us, 
This is the cry, the command, all of us, not one or two, but all of us together, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. See God's clear blueprint. It is, wouldn't it be crazy if right now all of us were sitting here wearing nappies? People would say there's something wrong here. We are meant to mature. We were meant to grow. But as we can see in the verses I'm coming up, the Apostle Paul often dressed some of the believers in the churches as infants, still as babies when they were meant to being more and more mature. See, I realised that as I was beginning to become more like Christ and begin to follow Him, read His Word and His ways, there was an expectation that there would be progress, growth, development in my life and that other people should be able to notice my progress and enjoy the benefits of my increasing Christ-likeness. I remember when in church, they sort of kept it pretty basic. They used to say this, read the Bible and do it. Read the Bible and do it. But I found that people around me weren't growing to the requisite level that I sensed that the Holy Spirit was guiding us to do. See, There is a general ethos in the Bible, read the Word and listen with obedient ears and begin to obey it. But adopting this simple approach often overlooked one key that the Apostle Paul goes on to unpack. He said this, that we need clear biblical instruction that leads towards deeper thinking and engagement with what the Bible was actually telling us to do. It's one thing to read the Bible and get knowledge. It's another thing to gain understanding and then to gain wisdom. Because I knew people, older people in my world who knew the Word of God better than me, but they were still grumpy. They were still cranky. They were still pains in the backside. And literally when you'd said, oh, did you go to that church? That that's I used to work with a guy like that. He was the most terrible human being I'd ever met. I remember thinking, oh, there's a mismatch here between just reading the Bible and doing it. There's a step that, that God needs to work with us before, in between, which is this instruction, this learning, this growing and this developing. So I started to investigate a series of passages written by the Apostle Paul around this idea. And it would seem that the Apostle Paul really challenges us and our believers those people here in the room today, those people online, listen, anyone under the sound of my voice today, that we, move to, we need to move from the basic position of saying yes to Jesus and knowledge and move towards a Christian higher education and education of the kingdom and education of the ways of the knowledge, the understanding and the wisdom of God that He wants to bring into our life. So my investigation started at 1 Corinthians 1 and there's a passage verses 1 to 4 where it sets the context for the Apostle Paul as a spiritual father, bringing correction and teaching and leadership into this church. You've got a group of believers who were young in the faith, who'd said yes to Jesus, started to live according to the ways of Christ, but they were well known, so much so the big man had to get involved. They were fighting, 
There was divisions, there was backbiting, there's all sorts of immoral behaviour that was in the church and Paul had to come in and bring correction to that church and say, instead of just saying yes to Jesus, you must start to live a life in accordance with His principles and His wisdom. It's one thing to profess, it's another thing to see evidence in your life, your behaviour and your mindset. And he brings this verse in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, it says this, I implore you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you speak the same language and that there may not be divisions among you, but rather you be made, what, look at this, made complete. See, look, there's a Greek word in there. And in the same mind, which is the Greek word noi, and the same person, gnome. See, because I'm a Bible college teacher, I have to, I'm not showing off, but i let you know that I know a little bit Greek along the way. For some of you, we can start basic like, do you know what the Greek word for cash is? It's <laughs> The Greek word for a cleaning products, domestos. You get, you get the idea? They were sort of laid over there. So. But you see here, look at this word, to be made complete, there's this Greek word, katertesimoi. Say it really quick. Turn to your neighbour right now and try and just say that name. If you're online, look at the words on the screen. Try, turn to whoever you're sitting with on the lounge. Hopefully you've got more than just your pyjamas on this morning. Say that word, katertesimoi. At the end of the day, ketertis in the morning. So please don't, in the chat right now, please don't send complaints in right now. I'm just butchering the Greek language. But the idea is, I'm not here to teach you some Greek, but to highlight some key words in the Word of God where Paul is building a case and bringing a pathway towards transformation. Here the term ketertis comes from the Greek word katazo. It refers to putting something in order or putting it into its proper place or condition. It's a wonderful thought. It's like setting things right. It's like, this is how things ought to be. So there's a process where the Word of God, the work of Holy Spirit in our life, wants to set our life in order as things as they are meant to be, which is to become more like Christ and to be fruitful. Another example of this is in Galatians 6 verse 1, where Paul tells the church that if anyone is caught in sin, The ones who live by the Spirit are to restore that person. There's that word again, katarsize, which is a a hybrid of that other word, to restore, to make right again. In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul desires the return of the church after being separated from them for a long time so that he can, what, supply what is lacking in their faith. Sometimes in our life, we need people to come alongside us and show us what's missing or show us the next step that we need to take in our journey of fruitfulness to honour our loving God. We're so thankful for His salvation and transformation. The author of Hebrews also prays that God Himself will equip them, katazoi, with every good thing to do His will. You see the flavours here? Equipping, uh, making right, restoring, setting things right, things as they're meant to be. Finally, in Luke 6, verse 40, Jesus reminds His disciples that a student is not above their teacher, but that a student is fully trained like their teacher. And the word, the Greek word fully trained there is again is katesimonos. You know, you, you know that word you said to your neighbour there before. So see, there's many examples. I've just cherry-picked four quick ones there. But there's an underlying theme in the New Testament here that God wants transformation and development to happen by means of instruction. 
It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by giving $30 a month to some online teaching course, whatever it is. There's a, there's a sense of, there's an instruction that needs to come through personal study under good leadership in the house of God by the men and women of God. The desire of Paul in this passage in Corinthians is that the people be made complete as a church so that they can become a unified church, so they can become one. It says here that you become of one mind and of one purpose. Those two words of one mind and one purpose have great educational links. The first word, the Greek word is nous, translated, translated mind, refers to our intellect, our understanding, our way of thinking. The second word, gnomi, translated purpose, means uh, your, your opinions, your judgments, or the way that you think about a certain issue. Isn't it interesting? It's one thing to have knowledge. It's another thing to have right thinking because right thinking then leads to right, right behaving. Similarly, Paul is just, just saying this. His solution to a church which is still acting like babies when they should be more advanced in their growth, he's, look, he's speaking to the people in the congregation with nappies on saying, guys, it's instruction about the things of God which will help you lose the nappies, get off the milk and becoming the true people of God that will bring community transformation to your life and to your world. He just challenged them again later on in 1 Corinthians 3. Get rid of your childish and your immature ways. Get off the milk, get off the nappies. He says, I want to move you to the place of meteor wisdom so that you can move to a place of maturity so that you can be a blessing to other people, not an unnecessary drain on resource. This whole education imagery is, is very obvious when you look at um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 where Paul refers to the church as God's building which and in himself as the wise master builder committed to the task of building upon the foundation of Christ. See how building does not drift towards being built. It needs a master builder with wisdom and instruction to build something that's worthy to be called the house of God. So you can see here in these passages here, and I'm, I'm going through it quite quickly, the Apostle Paul is trying to take the people by the hand and lead him. This is, these are the stepping stones. These are the next steps that you need to take to, be, to move to a place of transformation and maturity. It's one thing I love about growing. Some of you are thinking, why, why do I need to grow? Like, like sometimes in our faith walk, there's seasons of growth, there's ebb and flow. I tell you when I grow, I become more like Jesus. I become like it said back in 2 Corinthians where we talked about our faces actually begin to shine. When we live a life, when we have God working powerfully in our life, when we're listening obediently to His Word, moving from knowledge to understanding to wisdom, it's God's plan that we move in that way because God wants to get blessing to us. He wants us to increase in influence and God wants us to be a radiant example of His grace and glory to those people around us. Imagine living a life that is so attractive, that is so compelling that you literally glow. Imagine the day when mask is gone, you have to wear a mask because the glow of God, the anointing of God is so strong and you're sick of people at work asking you, what is it that you've got? Your life is different. There's something, you have the radiance of heaven on your face and, and even through crisis, and challenge and struggle, you still somehow have this, it's almost like this supernatural peace. I want what you're having. That's the life that God wants us to live 
because when we're full of joy, we're full of the grace and when God is working powerfully in our life, that is how a hurting world around us begins to experience and taste the power and the presence of God. You know, you and I are sometimes the only Bible that some people will read. No wonder the Apostle Paul was so passionate here about, come on guys, you've got to add, add things to your faith, add things, add truth, add wisdom, add understanding to become all that you're meant to be. So Paul's big idea, and if you're thinking, Pastor, you haven't given me a title of your message, here it is here. Thank you for your patience. It's, it, it's, it's, here it is here. Let's be instructed and let's grow together. Let's be instructed and let's grow together. This is God's idea, the message that He's bringing to us as the people of God this morning. Paul goes along in Philippians. I love this book. In Philippians 1, 9 to 10, Paul prays that the church's love would abound increasingly, in this word, knowledge and depth of insight. And as a result of this, they will be able to discern what is best and pure and blameless for the day of Jesus Christ. See again here the link between knowledge and behaviour. The first Greek word there we got there is epignosis, is related to the other word that we talk about, gnosis, which is typically understood of, of knowledge of information. So we've got to start with what the Word of God says. The second term only turns up once in the New Testament. That's this word, asthesis, and refers to the ability to discern knowledge. Once you have knowledge and then the discernment of the knowledge, it says this will lead us to holiness and a readiness for Christ's return. It's a wonderful thought here. Guys, not everything, I'm sorry to blow you away today. Not everything you read on the internet is true. You might need to hold the hand of the person beside you and say, that guy's just killing me up there. You what? Not everything you read on the internet is truth. There is a human quest for truth. And we're all really searching for truth with a capital T, which is found in Jesus and His Word. But even in the church, this is what Paul is trying to, to combat here, whenever there's a magnificent work of God, the enemy with his schemes and strategies tries to come and take biblical truth and dilute it to his own purposes. So this idea that we may live holy and being ready for Christ's return, I don't know if you've seen it, but through the church on the internet, there's many young adults talking about this thing like sinless perfection that we don't sin anymore because we've given our lives to Christ. The Apostle Paul is very clear. He says, I'm saved I'm being saved, the process of sanctification. And one day when I die and I take a take to heaven, I will be saved. So we need the Word of God to discern and weed out such false teaching. That's truth with a lowercase t, trying to contrast itself with truth with a capital T, which is lined up in the Word of God. Friends, if you do not know the Word, if you don't know knowledge, but also how to discern what is knowledge and what is good meal, literally you will be led astray from the very transformation that God is wanting to bring you and the prayers that he is, you're praying that He's wanting to answer in your life. We need to know that God is at work and that He has a plan to develop us. This is, this is why at City Point Ministry College, we teach a certain way and it's called the four H's. We teach about the head, our heart, our hands, which lead to transformed habits. It's one thing to have knowledge. It's another, everyone met someone who's been to Bible college many times and they're just full of knowledge. And this is my, this is my nightmare as, as a Bible college principal, that we would graduate students who can answer questions that nobody's asking. That would be a tragedy for me. Imagine people saying, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to, I want to turn out like that. Heads full of knowledge, 
but there's no grace, there's no love, there's no outwork in their life. They just collect information for the benefit of themselves and they just become like a cesspool. Nothing against acquiring biblical knowledge, but there's a way, I'm, I'm trying to take on what the Apostle Paul's saying here. Imagine getting knowledge of the Word of God. It impacts your heart so powerfully that, that it transforms it and that it inspires you to change your behaviour and it's outworked through our hands and our hugs to our community and that we get well known as the people of God and they go, oh, they're habits. They're just habitually, this is what they always do. They're always kind. They're always merciful. They're always gracious. They're the sort of people that hang around. I don't always agree with what they say, but gee, their life is making a difference in our world. That is what we're trying to produce uh, as disciples and fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Again, number three, Paul makes a case in Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. He says this, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Isn't that just wonderful? There it is again. You can see the head, heart, hands, the habits, but also the fruit, a life characterised by the transforming power of God. And you can see here again, this passage is written because the heretics are trying to come in, spread false doctrine, trying to undermine the spiritual vibrancy, new life and freedom that comes when the people of God, like we're gathering today, when they, when they gather in power and unity together. And you can see here, people with lowercase t truth trying to slip in and trying to steal capital T truth from the people of God. We need to be aware of the schemes and strategies of, of, of the devil. He's trying to steal your joy and he's trying to steal the very next steps of wisdom which will continue to help you grow in his grace. Number four, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Look at this one. Paul again prays that the church will be able to grasp the full dimension of Christ's love that they may know his love that surpasses all knowledge and may be filled with the fullness of God. It's wonderful. You see these education themes all throughout, weaved beautifully by the Apostle Paul through all his writings. This, this means, seriously, we need to continue, friends, to sign up, to be instructed, to follow God's path. But this is why. We can counter heresy. We can identify false doctrine. It's, it's, it's God's way of producing maturity in our life. It's the process which we may attain the fullness of God, which Paul talks about in Ephesians. Number four, it's the way of transformation. And friends, number five, it's a way to live with integrity, with our head, heart, hands, our hugs and our habits all lined up in a powerful, unified combo so that people actually say, that's the sort of tribe I want to run with. This is the group that I want to, to live with. This is all found on the principle what I call Christian education or Christian higher education or higher education of the Kingdom of God done God's way. So I encourage us today, guys, let's be instructed. Let's be instructed and let's, and let's grow together. I love this in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. God brings men and women into our life, people gifts to help us in this noble quest. It says here, so Christ gave Himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, or this, to equip. See that word proston kasadabon? That's a flavour of that other K word. If you're a follower of Sesame Street, today's preaching has been brought to you by the letter K. It's 
It's been a great day when we preach from the letter K. It said, it's here to equip, look at this, towards completion of His people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up that we may reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants. There's that childlike metaphor again. Tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I mean, that, that's just a cracker of a passage where literally the Apostle Paul again, yet again, lays this truth, but he brings people, gifts, people to instruct us in the ways of God through the various ministries that he wants to bring to the church. Friends, some of these things, the changes, the shifts that God wants to make in you and I only happen when we obediently respond to the instruction of God that comes through His Word and He's trained pastors and, 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 uh, and, and leaders. So here's, here's, here's the thought. Imagine, imagine if all of us were moving together towards the purposes of God, not letting the fire of our passion drift out with only tinder and kindling on the fire of our life, but we made a decision to put hardwood logs of the Word of God and great preparation in our life. Do you know what, seriously? There's something powerful about watching someone's life burn and burn for passion. Who was it, Wigglesworth, or once some famous leader said once this, God set me on fire and let me burn so the whole world can come and see me. Imagine our life. Just think about the trajectory of your life right now. The way you're approaching your life with instruction and intentionality, or is your life going to drift out and, and, and simmer down and just drift away when no one can come and warm their cold hands on the fire of your life and drag, go, um, gain warmth and comfort? I love a good fire. They say on TV news, every, every TV that's got a fire on it, everyone loves watching it. Everyone will love watching your life burn and be a, be a, a magnificent example of the glory uh, and, power, and power of God. We need to be instructed and we need to grow together. For me, this is part of my life story. I made a young adult decision at the age of 19 to give my life to Christ. And then um, I read the Word of God. I was mentored to, to read it obediently. And I, the Word of God came in and I began to memorise. It was like fire. It was like fire shut up in my bones. It's just wonderful. Then I started, um, I was, at the time I was studying to be an accountant. I became a trained accountant. I was the first person from my family to do higher education. And literally it opened up a whole new trajectory for my, for my generation. And I could see the power of education, the power of instruction in my life. My church had a Bible college in Brisbane and I would sometimes go along and do a Monday night unit, just enrolled to make myself a better leader, to, to, to take seriously. I didn't know the call of God on my life at that time. I was just finding my feet. Um, accounting major, uh, got me to serve on boards and I was building youth ministries and my life group began to flourish and I began to learn principles that would multiply my ministry and begin to make me fruitful. And so that was my 20s. I was establishing a professional career and a marriage and a home. But, but Bible college on a Monday night was a key accelerator to my growth and development. Then at the age of 30, God said, it's time for a mid-course correction, Andrew. And He answered my prayer and He gave me greater clarity to that fire that was burning deep within my soul. He said, Andrew, I want you to go to Bible college and seriously prepare for the next phase of your life. And literally, I 
liquidated my accounting career, pardon the pun, some of you will get that joke. And I, and I moved and just basically gave God, I'm not asking you to do this, but three years for serious preparation. That three years, it was like literally 30 years of wisdom compressed into three years. And that's literally, that, that, that three years of study has set me up for 20 years, two decades of church planning, consulting, coaching, solving difficult problems in churches, getting schools out of trouble, helping people make tens of millions of dollars. Can I say, I say that stuff not to impress you, but to impress upon you the need to, don't drift friends. Let's be intentional about what God is asking us to do. And I know this, Charlie Tremendous Jones is right. He says, I'll be the same person in five years time as I am today, except for the books I read and the people that I meet. I'd add this, you're gonna be the same in five years time, except for the intentional steps that you take to build a different life, to pursue the purposes and the call of God on your life. We're having an open night tomorrow night. Um, I'd encourage you people, we've got a foyer out, you can come and see me after this, this celebration time together. But come and ask questions. If God is stirring in your heart to come and be considered to, be, to get some training, some preparation. Look at this quote, this is from my slides tomorrow night. There's something powerful about preparation because preparation positions you for influence. We've got a quote that we say at CMC, before anything else, preparation is the key to success. The Japanese say this, if you've got an hour to do a project, spend the first 10 minutes planning and preparing. If, you, if, you don't, if you're not a believer of Jesus Christ yet, you don't believe anything out of the Bible, I'm gonna quote Steven Seagal, Hollywood actor, off the movie Under Siege 2. He said this, chance favours the prepared mind. Prepare now in advance. If God is stirring you for a future that you think you're not sure about, come and ask and sit with us. And we'll, I love praying with people about their destiny, about the call of God for their life. There's three reasons why people study ministry. Here they are on the screen. Number one, if you're in a profession, but you want to sharpen up your Christian influence, you want to get a Christian worldview and say, how does God and faith dovetail with my profession? Some people study for that that. That purpose. Our Monday night class after hours is full of professionals or semi-professionals wanting to do a bit of study alongside their, their other profession. Number two, some people just come to study for, for personal development. They know they're looking for more. They want to know how to study the Word of God accurately. We say this, you can meander for 10 years on your own doing sort of intermittent study on your own and you'll eventually get somewhere. Or you can... Compress it into 10 powerful months, giving God a year and coming, taking, giving God one year of intentional development to prepare yourself to give more options. Or the third one is, some of you have a call in the future to full-time ministry. For those, for our movement, a minimum requirement to be ordained as a pastor is a diploma of ministry. I, I talked and prayed with a couple after the last service in the foyer. They, and I said, what about the call of God? And they, they said, there is something brewing in there, but we can't put our finger on it yet. We've got a chance to pray with them. It's wonderful. And so if you, if, if you get that stirring, as I'm speaking here today to you, I believe I've been praying that Holy Spirit would speak to you and stir something up afresh in you to say, God, I need to take your call seriously. Like there was times in my life in my 20s, I was 
fitting study around God. I was fitting God in and God's happy for that for a season. But God came to me in a season, Andrew, I wanna take the reins of your life right now. I wanna take the wheel and literally, I'm gonna partner with you, Andrew, to do some deep work, some foundational work, like putting big pile on concrete pylons into the bedrock of my life to build a foundation for the next 20 years of effectiveness. And, and, and God took me through a wonderful process and I've seen the fruit of that and it has literally benefited thousands of people. So maybe God speak to you and say, I don't wanna be an add-on anymore. I just don't wanna be a thing you fit into my calendar. I want you to give me a year. I wanna give me 10 powerful months and I wanna do something because the very thing I wanna do in your life in the next year will help answer those deep prayers that I'm wanting, that you're praying that I'm wanting to answer. God wants to position you and get you into the right place, ready for new levels of satisfaction, new levels of effectiveness, new levels of ministry. Friends, let's be instructed and let's grow together. This quotes from students, but I know this, good things happen when you put God first and you listen to His voice obediently. I love this. God is at work. God is work at our hearts and our minds. Let's bow our heads. I'm gonna pray for us all in a moment. But I never like finishing a preach, stirring and talking about the things of God, how to build a great life of wisdom, satisfaction, the favour of God. Wonderful. Without asking your friend, where are you at with Jesus? What's your relationship? What's your relationship status? On Facebook, I've seen some people write, it's complicated. Maybe it's complicated for you right now. But as I've been preaching, I know Holy Spirit's been hovering over this meeting. He's been convincing you and He's been convicting you of your need for Jesus. And I'd love to give you an opportunity to get right with God. Maybe you've said yes to Jesus before. You've lived a bit of a Christian life, but you let sin spoil a good life. And you know that it's time to reconnect with God and say, God, I want you to be the Lord. I want you to be the source of knowledge. I want you to be the source of understanding. I want you to be the source of wisdom in my life. For some of you, you've never heard the Gospel message and the great song we're about to sing after is just a cracker. It just summarises the grace, the power and love of God. Friend, if you want to be free from your sin, God, if you want to, li- if you want to live a life that's free of guilt, shame and pain, friend, I invite you to say yes to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to become part of His family, to accept His grace to have your life flooded with purpose, meaning, intentionality. You can be freed from the shackle of sin. If you say yes to Jesus and say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. So as I'm looking across this room from left to right, from front to back, online, you wanna say yes to Jesus, I encourage you to put something in the chat now, in the comments right now, say yes to Jesus and the team will follow you up. As I'm looking across this auditorium right now, is anyone who'd like to raise their hand and say, Yes to Jesus, I want to say, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to invite you into my life and I want you to be Lord of everything. Is there anyone? Well, our heads are bowed. Believing Holy Spirit's hovering over our gathering here in Jesus' Name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you're online there, as I said, put something in the chat. The team will follow you up. It's a great decision. It's a great decision you make. God, let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You for Your intentional plans to grow us, to become more like You. Literally, that we can have the overflow of heaven into our life every day. God, help us in our quest for knowledge, but partner with indwelling Holy Spirit. Father God, to turn knowledge 
into understanding and then understanding into wisdom so that the world will know our head, heart, our hands, our hugs, our habits. We are the people of God literally gathered together to literally transform our world for good and for God. Help us, I pray, in this noble quest. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Friends, let's grow together. Let's be instructed and let's pursue the things of God together. I tell you what, 2021 is going to be your year. Does anybody agree with me? 2021 is going to be your year. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Miles.